0: Hey everyone, it's Ramon, and welcome to the Human Optimization Podcast, science-based tools to optimize your physiology, master your mind, and unlock your potential. So uh, this particular interview was actually meant just for the magazine, for our readers, but uh, it took me over a year, uh, maybe about a year and a half, to get this call to happen because uh, Dr. John Ratey is in very high demand and is also very hard to get hold of, Um uh, And so I thought I'd share it as a podcast episode as well, uh, so that you and uh, all of our listeners really get a chance to hear from John, who is considered one of the world's leading experts on exercise and the brain. Uh, So Dr. John Rady is an Associate Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and an internationally recognized expert in neuropsychiatry. He's published over 60 peer review articles and 11 books, published in 17 languages, and is the author of Spark, The Revolutionary New Science of Exercise and the Brain. Now before we get into the episode, a quick word from our sponsor, Brain First, Earthgrown Evidence-Based Nutrition. One of the products that I love and I take every workday to fire up my brain and get laser-like focus and interflow quickly is Genius Mode now it took me years of research and testing to formulate genius mode for brain first because i was sick of having dozens of bottles and powders to have to mix together all the different ingredients to give me the effect that i wanted so genius mode has the best science-backed ingredients for peak mental performance in meaningful doses supported by experimental data i personally take it shortly after i wake up and the focus and the drive and the motivation and the mental clarity lasts me all day and there's no nasty side effects or sleeping problems that you get, you know, from some of these other supplements that have a ton of caffeine. Now, to get Genius Mode, use code Ramon for 10% off, in addition to any other subscription discounts that you get on the BrainFirst website. Just head to mybrainfirst.com, and you'll see a bunch of reviews from other people who are absolutely loving this product. Mybrainfirst.com, code Ramon for 10% off, and get your brain an instant upgrade. Let's get into the episode. Enjoy, my friends. So, what I like to to do with these is kind of keep the questions fairly general, and then uh, let you go in whatever direction you want to take it. Um, so, I've really only got sort of four uh, questions here, and then maybe we can expand on some of the the points uh, that I've got down here. So, uh, by the way, love your book. Um, I'm super excited to to be able to speak with you uh, at last. Uh, exercise on the brain, these are two of my favorite things. So I think before we actually get into the content, how did you become interested in the the transformative effects of exercise on the brain? How did you get into this whole, whole thing?
1: Well, <clears throat> I grew up as an athlete uh, playing everything, uh, including, <clears throat> well, everything, tennis, football, basketball, baseball, um, always active, always moving, Uh, and then uh, so I was realizing myself how important it was for me, especially when I hit medical school in the first two years. I didn't really continue exercising, and I noticed a real drop-off in uh, mood, productivity, uh, uh, cognitive functioning. Um, anxiety increased, whatever. So I I was always attuned to that. And then while in medical school, I there was a paper that came out or uh, an article that came out in the medical news somewhere. It was from uh, it was from Sweden where they did were doing a study on depressed patients, <clears throat> and we had just. Uh, found our magical antidepressants. It's a long time ago. I was in medical school in the 70s. So, uh, but there was this hospital there that had people coming in and either they were given uh, an option of treatment. One was to get onto one of our antidepressants. We had two at that point. Um, Or an exercise program. Their results were the same. So here we were, you know, we were so happy to have something that really worked and then exercise was pushed right in there. And so I became very attuned to the fact that exercise was really important and uh, began to sort of, not just my own life, but for my patients, paying attention to it. And then was, there was a transformative moment When I had a patient who was this uh, very famous professor at Harvard and at MIT who came to see me, and he had been a marathoner all of his life but had to stop running uh, when he hurt his knee um, and got depressed and came up with symptoms that are consistent with ADHD or attention deficit disorder. And so I treated him with that and uh, for, for that, and he got better, but then he began to run again. And we I followed him for years after that, and he uh, didn't need the medicine anymore. He was just back to running six miles a day or seven miles a day uh, for training, you know, in this marathon. So This was uh, really something. This uh, very brilliant, productive guy had uh, adult onset attention deficit disorder and it led to two pathways for me. One following ADHD and the other was uh, exercise, dealing with it and dealing with psychiatric issues uh, across the board. So uh, that became really the, the linchpin for me to sort of, get started in this.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, it's probably fair to say that uh, many people, maybe even most people, uh, exercise because you know they want to drop a few pounds, uh, maybe because it makes them feel good. They know it's good for them. But in your book, you mentioned that right up front that you often tell your patients that the point of exercise is to build and condition the brain. Can you please expand on this idea, and and is there something in that idea that can help people to really begin thinking differently about exercise and maybe even prioritizing it more?
1: Yeah, well, especially during the time of COVID. Yeah. You know, we're going to need that even more, um, which I'm happy to say it, it is something that people are uh, adopting here, at least in the States where we're still in shelter, in place, almost, but uh, um, you know the exercise, uh, home exercise, that uh, YouTube's uh, uh, yoga online, uh, kettlebell I do every day online, and um, you know with the group and uh, Zumba, and all these things are are becoming more paramount. So what what we know is this that we see the brain as a muscle these days. And uh, we know that the brain evolved uh, over 8 million years, a big brain, human brain, to and initially to help us be the best movers that we could be. Uh, and then as we grew more uh, bigger groups and more uh, language uh, involvement, uh, our same big brain that helped us be predictive and be evaluative and uh, decision-making and, and uh, expanded working memory, all this uh, as a result of, okay, this is the best way to, to do this or that activity, or this is the way I have to move, um, <clears throat> that we use those same cells to think with. And, uh, and added language to it. and So our, uh, what we know today is that our moving brain became our thinking brain. And then when we move, we activate our, our thinking and learning brain. As well, along the way, uh, it, it helps us uh, deal with uh, the emotional changes uh, in our lives, so it helps manage manage our emotional variability and uh and attention and uh and mood changes and stress and all that comes uh, uh when we have a steady diet of exercise
0: so we can say that physical activity is is really crucial uh to the way that we think feel uh, and, and really perform on a daily basis I know for me, uh, like I structure my day so that I exercise at various times to even maximize my productivity and performance. You know, cardio first thing in the morning, uh, resistance training in the early afternoon, moving throughout the day, long walks, those sorts of things. Can you uh, perhaps talk about some of the science behind how physical activity and exercise impacts our performance? Things like attention span, our mood, our ability uh, to learn, um, maybe we, we can take these things one at a time. So how about, um, I know, right at this point in time when a lot of, of, of people are moving to doing online work, the ability to focus and pay attention is uh, really important. Uh, what's the, some of the science behind the impact on, on exercise when it comes to uh, focus and attention, being able to increase our attention span and focus for periods of time on the stuff that's really important to us?
1: Right. Well, I think uh, we just finished, my partner and I just finished our fourth book on Attention Deficit Disorder. And two of the big chapters in there are related to exercise. One is exercise per se. And the second was uh, in uh, focusing on balance and coordination. Uh, We're talking physical balance and coordination and physical exercise. And this has a big impact on our attention system. Uh, we know when we're when we're exercising we increase the activity of our brain cells. In fact, nothing increases the percentages of brain cells in our brain like exercise does. In other words, when we move, we are using more brain cells than in any other human activity and, and <clears throat> And when we do something like a consistent uh, exercise, we are firing off these brain cells, which then uh, release these neurotransmitters, these nerve uh, communicative moieties uh, uh, that uh, that sort of drive uh, the brain's activity. Well. When you exercise, you increase that uh, a lot uh, just by force of having your brain cells be so active. And with that, you increase your uh, chemicals in your brain, especially dopamine and norepinephrine, which are the two major chemicals that drive the attention system. Those are the uh, neurotransmitters that are uh, most affected by are stimulants. Uh, and this then leads to uh, what we see that if you are exercising and, and and have if you're chronically exercising, you're more fit, you're going to have less trouble with your attention. Um, and then throughout the day, as you you say, uh, maybe sc- scheduling it, what you do is you give yourself uh, uh, a little boost. Well, I say all the time that a a bout of exercise is like taking a little bit of Prozac and a little bit of Ritalin or Adderall, which are the popular stimulants, Prozac being the antidepressants because it does, exercise does the same thing, it increase, that's what essentially what the stimulants do to increase our dopamine and norepinephrine and our antidepressants similarly dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. Well, exercise does this uh, fairly quickly. Uh, And the more you exercise, the more of this stuff you have floating there. So it's like you're taking a little bit more of your stimulant. So especially with COVID, and especially when we're confined, it's very, very important that people uh, develop an exercise habit. Uh, certainly for mood and anxiety and stress, because this is the most stressful period ever uh, than anybody could have imagined, and to have uh, your your uh, system really attuned to function optimally for you, exercise has to be part of a steady diet. Plus the fact we are learning that exercise may help in a very uh, defined kind of way to deal with COVID, um, to deal with the virus, to help uh, certainly boost our immune system, decrease our stress, decrease our chronic inflammation, which we know exercise does, but it also produces some good new stuff. Uh, or increases the concentration of some of these antioxidants that we're just learning about um, that have uh, a big part to protect our lungs from uh, the invasion of COVID. Um, And there are other more fine-tuned kinds of changes, but exercise is certainly one of the best ways to help prepare the body and the brain for uh, an invasion of COVID uh, so that we reduce uh, the damage that it can do uh, or does, and uh, maybe even reduce the incidence of infection. So, um, you know, I mean, no, there's, even if you're in tip-top shape, you're still liable for Covid, but you, uh, it may be that it it puts you out further from the mean a bit in terms of getting infected. Mm-hmm.
0: What about uh, other things like um, right up front in your book? Again, we learned about um, the impact of exercise on our ability to learn, and the uh, the high school example. Uh, I think they called it. Uh, learning readiness PT, which, I mean, what a fantastic label to give physical activity in the morning in preparation for learning readiness. I love it. Can, can you speak uh, more about that? Is, is it uh, predominantly BDNF? Is that what's going on here? What, what, what's the mechanism? There's a lot. Okay. Oh,
1: no, there's, there's a lot that's go, goes on. Yeah. But, um, Well, first, just boosting your attention system, reducing your stress, reducing your uh, fidgetiness, uh, making you more motivated, and driving all these growth factors in the brain that help our cells grow. And you mentioned the big favorite is BDNF, the mother of all brain growth factors uh it is very important for mood regulation but also for brain growth brain cell growth because what we know is the only way we learn anything is for our brain cells to grow in that information and the more quick our brains are able to do that the better we can learn and the more we can grow in uh, the information, and we have it uh, really pushed uh, to uh, be more fertile, if you will, if we exercise. Because when we exercise, we release this BDNF, which is everywhere in the brain, where there are brain cells, and. And this then guides the, the cells to grow and to save the information. Um, along the way, it also is very important for mood regulation and uh, uh, addictions and all kinds of st- stress. Certainly, um, these are these are factors that are uh, directly combated by uh, high enough levels of BDNF. And we know, once again, that there's nothing that makes more BDNF in the brain than physical exercise of all sorts, from dancing to yoga to boxing to running to lifting weights. BDNF is uh, because you're using so much of your brain, you make more of this stuff and then it it, uh, uh, it it promotes your brain's ability to log in the information.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. What are some of the other things that are important for us to know uh, with regards to the impact of exercise on the brain that's kind of, you know, beyond the basic health benefits that we often hear about? What are some of the things that... That when you speak to people, they're kind of surprised by, uh, in terms of the impact of exercise and things. They go, "Wow, that's something I never really thought of before," and it's made exercise more of a priority now that I know that.
1: Well, there's a bunch of them, but one of one of the things that's really uh, people need to sort of hear and remember is that uh, people who have mood problems, depression, or uh just sour mood the 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 exercise is as good as our antidepressants for treating depression that is done in many different studies showing that this is true that it's as good as our antidepressant medicine for our moods. sorry no problem go. Okay. The um, yeah, and uh, so that this is is surprises people. Also, that it's, it will surprise people to, to learn that when we're exercising, we are more creative. That studies have shown, shown more recently, too, that when we're when we're moving, we're more creative. We come up with better ideas. We can see how things fit in better. Um, And we have studies to show this, uh, which is a surprise perhaps to some people Uh, and not exhaustive exercise. In that case, it's really just walking or mild forms of exercise. So people know that when they're out walking, that they're more, heuristic thinking. They sort of put things together better or see different angles. And that's true. It's really true. We, uh, Our brains are more geared for it. Um, as well, I think uh, exercise doesn't exercise isn't great uh, on its own for weight loss. But a, chronic exercise will lead to a decrease in craving overall um, chapter and spark is all about addictions and it's really true that the more you use exercise to help with various cravings but also especially food cravings you will be more successful in dealing with it From and we've seen this with smoking with heroin with uh, cocaine with uh, alcohol, and certainly with food. That exercise can play a tremendous role in decreasing uh, the cravings and the need for uh, the substances or activities that are addictive. So, for instance, one of the treatments for uh, video game addiction is exercise. Is uh, places in the world that have inpatient, for instance, uh, uh, place, uh, you know, uh, for addicts, video game addicts in China and in Europe, a big part of their day is, is or uh, an important part of their day is developing good exercise habits and doing it. So it helps the uh, person be more in control of the cravings and have them sort of Better, uh, better controlled. Mm.
0: What do you think is like? We've we've got all this fantastic information. We've got the science there. Just going high level for a moment. What do you think's missing, or that we need to focus on, or that we need to do more of out in the world to help people take this? more seriously and prioritize it and and realize the benefits
1: well you know uh, since exercise isn't necessarily a part of everyone's daily activities because we you know we uh, the the from the uh, all kinds of uh, advances in society has made everything so easy basically for most of us so we're not moving and we don't have uh, we see it as a lot of people see it as work or a task to to get exercise well as a matter of fact what we know is that if we, we 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 cannot have the best way to push the exercise habit is not to look for long-term gains, but to look for gains that day. In other words, the day that you exercise or don't exercise, you can notice a difference. And to sort of cement that in your brain to help with the motivation, which will inevitably fade for some people. And until you really enshrine this as a habit, that it's necessary. Like you described yourself, you know, it's, you have to leave time for it. And, and then it becomes a real part of your life. Then you, then you don't have as much trouble. And people have studied this, believe me, a lot (laughs) because, uh, you know, the motivation does, is challenging after, you know, for everybody, you can get started with all the vinegar you want but then it can really get ponderous and so you need to have this constant reminder that hey i feel so much better today after i've exercised i feel smarter i feel quicker i feel more altruistic and that's another thing by the way is that when you exercise you release Lots of different hormones and things. And one of the ones that you uh, specifically release is oxytocin. It's a terrific hormone that we call the love hormone or the bonding hormone. And if you release more of that, naturally, by exercise, you're more lovable. And you're more loving. Uh, you're more wanting to bond and, and emanating this sense of uh, you know, you're bondable. <laughs> uh, and uh, it it can really help then uh, with generosity and generosity of spirit and all that to uh, make you a better uh, citizen of the world.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I personally, I'd work out all day if I could, or every minute of the entire day. And people, Some people think that's incredibly strange that, like, particularly with the resistance training, I know that it's good for me to schedule breaks because my body hasn't fully recovered. I actually have to put something in place like, okay, book a ticket to go to the cinema or something to force myself to take the time off because I'm so drawn to it. It pulls me like a magnet. And with all of these amazing things going on in the brain and the feelings and, and the mood and the attention and productivity and performance and everything else, I mean, how can you not want to exercise and get your body moving it's just one of those incredible amazing gifts of of nature if you will
1: it is a gift of it is a gift uh, and it's a gift that keeps on giving which is really the the story with BDNF I mean and and all those different hormones and neurotransmitters that we have more if we the more we use our brains the more we use our brains in exercise the the more It it will help us grow and and grow our brains to be better, uh, the best that it can be, you know. And you see this now, and a lot of industry in the past thirty years have hit on this. And um, before that, uh, sporadically knew about it, but now uh, the science is so much there that this pushes in the u.s our big tech firms to really include exercise for their employees not just to lower healthcare costs because that will happen mm. but to increase productivity and, uh, uh, and creativity uh, amongst their staff mm-hmm.
0: uh, just being mindful of the time any final uh, thoughts that you'd like to share
1: Yes, I, I do. I think that during the time of COVID, which is going to be with us forever, but certainly in in real problem uh, for the next few years, anyway, that exercise is really a potent force for good, for stability, for all the psychiatric kinds of things, decreasing stress, improving attention, improving your mood and decreasing your anxiety and your ability to, to deal with it. It increases your resilience to the inevitable stresses down the road. So with uh, these, the horror that we're amassed in in 2020 so far, uh, exercise seems to be, uh, you know, is, not seems to be, it is, uh, perhaps one of the best ways to make it through successfully. And then, of course, we didn't even touch on the fact that all this has um, all, all that we know about exercise and the exercise science was really generated by the fact that exercise is a great way to prevent our brains from aging. Mm. Uh, which is, uh, you know, the, the old saw in, in neurosciences, use it or lose it. Well, it's the same thing with, uh, with obviously, with our brain, but you, you use your brain much more when you're exercising, and that does what? That makes your brain less likely to erode and to go away and to uh, disappoint you as you age. So... Uh, You know, one of the super agers, people that live to very old age and live well tend to be moving a lot. It doesn't have to be that they're running marathons or triathlons, Uh, but, it uh, you know, where they have a steady diet, of of exercise, it really makes for a a very different um, life for them, and it's it's really something that everybody needs to know.
0: Mm-hmm. John, thank you very much for your time. I I really appreciate it.
1: Sure, enjoyed the enjoyed the t- talking with you.
0: So that's it for this episode. If you want to support the show, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, drop a five-star review. And of course, you can connect with me on social with the links in the description. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.